，享受工作，乐生活。就算不在办公室，也能从容应对线上会议。HP Dragonfly 透过专业的 HP Presence 设计，内建降噪及会议快速键，搭配清晰的 Ben and Olufsen 音效，增强音讯及视讯功能。HP Dragonfly 顶级商务笔电，采用 Windows 11专业版。让您在会议中享有最佳的视觉和听觉品质。A new TV show uses cartoons to make science more accessible for kids. Science Discovery is sponsored by the National Science and Technology Council. Its episodes are being launched in elementary schools, and teachers say they capture kids' attention like nothing else. The show aims to make complex science easier for children to grasp. 台湾的食物也是非常受欢迎在全球。台湾的食物也是非常受欢迎在全球。台湾的食物也是非常受欢迎在全球。台湾的食物也是非常受欢迎在全球。台湾的食物也是非常受欢迎在全球。台湾的食
This handshake and drink store is also moving confidently into the U.S. market. Foreigners love fruit juice type drinks like mango green tea and honey green tea. Businesses say they'll keep improving flavors to suit the local palate and entice new customers. New Year is approaching fast, and banquet experts say that parties are officially back. The pandemic made for a very muted New Year's seasons over the last two years. Few companies held the giant employee dinners that are traditional for Lunar New Year. But now gatherings are back and people are ready to mingle. Banquets will be larger than ever before in 2023, says forecasters. Companies are also offering new styles of banquet packages to cater to changing tastes. King crab, abalone, Buddha jumps over the wall soup. Delicacy upon delicacy arrives at the table. New Year banquets languished during COVID, but now they're back, big time. Are you sick of traditional banquet dishes? Now wedding banquet companies can see the pandemic slowing down and they're planning outdoors New Year banquet packages. Food trucks are parked in a garden of more than 7,000 paying. This semi-buffet-style banquet allows for ample social distancing and reduces infection risks, but it's also well-suited to the aesthetic tastes of Taiwan's younger generation. You can enjoy the food in a beautiful natural setting and admire a fun drone performance. This new banquet offer has successfully grown bookings among young people. It's 90% sold out. New Year banquets and parties have come back this year. Recently, we've been planning these kinds of outdoor banquets for clients. For example, picnic-style and barbecue-style banquets. In this style, there are dedicated waiters serving to prevent people's food plates from overlapping. Right now, we are 90% booked up for both Friday and Saturday. This year, we are noticing the industries are mostly technology and finance. We also have some small businesses with small groups of 30 to 50 who are also booking out a restaurant privately to hold their New Year banquets and parties. The New Year party season promises to be busy this year, busier even than before COVID. In the past, experts say 80% of banquet expenses went on the ingredients. Now, much more focus and expense goes on the venue and its decor to give weary employees a memorable end to the year. Once borders have been open for less than a week, but already foreign tourists are streaming in. One hotel says in Taipei says that 70% of its bookings for late October are foreign travelers. Another says it's ready for a surge in bookings over the Christmas and New Year's holidays. Receptionists check in guests in a lobby full of people. Taiwan lifted all COVID border restrictions on Thursday last week. And finally, international travelers are coming in. Most people arriving are business travelers and independent travelers. This tourist from the U.S. said he had really been looking forward to exploring Taiwan. I was monitoring that because I don't think anyone wants to stay in a hotel room for three, three days or a week. The flight from LA was very full. It's, it's nice to see Taiwan open up. And I'm here to explore this beautiful, very important island. The traveler says he's planning to travel around Taiwan for two weeks. According to the hotel, more than half of guests in late October are international travelers. In November and December, which are traditionally high season for the hospitality sector, occupancy is already at 80% and 70% of bookings are for foreign travelers. We have guests from Hong Kong, Singapore, as well as independent travelers from Europe and the US. There are also some tour groups. So we are optimistic about business in the fourth quarter. We hope to see 10 to 20% higher numbers.
The hotel has released special packages of about 15% off for long stays ranging from seven days to one month. Another hotel decided to take advantage of the lull in tourism due to COVID to renovate its facilities. Now it's ready to reopen to offer the best services to foreign travelers. There are quite a lot of Taiwanese travelers making bookings for the Christmas season and New Year's Eve. There are also a few foreign tourists hoping to visit Taipei. Before the pandemic, at least 90% of the guests at this hotel in Taipei were foreign travelers. After a facility revamp, the hotel is ready to make bank on the holiday season now that tourists are back. Taiwan shares opened low and closed down on Monday after choppy trading on Wall Street on Friday. TSMC shares shed 3.64% following below 400 NT. Largan Precision, MediaTek, UMC, as well as the three leading shipping companies all saw major losses as well. All in all, the index closed down 162 points at 12,966 on turnover of 206.7 billion NT. Let's hear from an analyst. I think there is a bit of a confidence crisis because TSMC shares have fallen below 400 NT. On top of that, the three leading shipping companies posted the lowest price-to-earnings ratios. They almost closed limit down. I think this kind of situation, of course, would cause investors to lose some confidence and some may sell off their shares. Over in the foreign exchange market, the new Taiwan dollar continued to depreciate. The Taiwan currency at one point hit a low of 32 against the U.S. dollar during intraday trading. With intervention from the central market, it bounced back somewhat to close down 0.113 at 31.997 NT against the greenback. Days of continuous rainy weather means humid and damp homes. How can we eradicate that dense dusky dampness? Let's take a look at what's on offer. There's a mini dehumidifier the size of a kettle that fits inside a cupboard, a portable dehumidifying wardrobe, and even a shoe dryer. Turn it on and this small dehumidifier can absorb much of the moisture in the room. All the water captured trickles into its water tank. Compared with the dehumidifier that uses a compressor and weighs more than 10 kilograms, this mini dehumidifier, which uses IC chips, is only one-fifth of the former's weight. Even people who lack strength in their arms can lift it. We target two types of consumers, families and individuals. For individuals, the focus is on devices that can be easily carried, even by a girl, unlike the old-style dehumidifiers that are heavier and more cumbersome. Even though the dishes have been washed, there's still water dripping. The autumn and winter rainy season means that objects stored for a long time won't dry and may even get mouldy. At times like this, this mini dehumidifier, the size of a kettle, comes in handy. Put it in a cupboard and the pots and pans will dry. If you get soaked outdoors and look like a hen left in the rain, there's also a shoe drying device that can blast the moisture out of your shoes. The northeast monsoon has arrived and on top of that, a typhoon has come. I've had a lot of inquiries in the past few days because humidity levels are relatively high. In fact, sales have increased by about 20% in the past few days. This portable wardrobe can dry out all the moisture on your clothes. As we get deeper into autumn and winter, it is rainy and dank all over Taiwan. Multifunctional and space-saving dehumidifying devices are getting launched into the market, one after the other, so that everyone can stay dry all day. Typhoon Nisap brought torrential rains to Taiwan. 
over the past few days causing flooding and blackouts. The storm also filled reservoirs with many now up to near full capacity. The Communist Ministry said it hopes to avoid future outages by adding 200 wind turbines before the end of the year, which may also involve the use of new technologies like combined wind power and hydrogen generating turbines. With rain falling non-stop, a waterfall has appeared at the door of this elevator. People push onto the elevator with umbrellas in hand to escape the downpour. Here at this shopping mall in Taipei's Nangang district, the impact of Typhoon Nisat is especially apparent. The heavy downpours in recent days also caused blackouts around Taiwan. Speaking at the Global Offshore Wind Summit, Economics Minister Wang Meihua addressed the situation. There were originally 183 locations that were flooded, but as of 8 a.m. today, that number was down to 19, and there are 3,600 homes without power. That's after we restored power to 3,300 homes. Wang said that by 11 p.m. on Monday, power would be restored everywhere. Despite the inconvenience of the power outage, the heavy rainfall had a good side. Jilong Xinshan Reservoir, which had sounded the alarm for low water levels before the storm, is now up to 80% capacity. At other reservoirs in the country, the news is even better. However, authorities are urging the public to exercise caution to avoid accidents near riverbeds when floodgates are opened. At the summit, Wang said more offshore wind turbines will be installed before year's end to prevent future outages. This year will be our biggest for installation of offshore wind turbines. In fact, our goal for the end of the year is to have 200 new turbines installed. Wang said that in order to ensure the government meets its sustainability goals for 2026, it is investing in newer wind turbine solutions. This may include installation of turbines on floating platforms or installation of hydrogen-producing turbines. The periphery of Typhoon Nisa wreaked havoc across the country over the weekend. Seven sections of road along Provincial Highway 7 collapsed. One of the worst off areas is a section between markers 86.4K and 86.6K in Yilan County's Datong Township. Authorities say the section will remain closed until Saturday. Meanwhile, the Bitan tourist area in New Taipei's Xingdian District flooded due to the heavy downpour on Sunday. The Xingdian River overflowed, prompting recreational boat operators to pull their boats ashore. Though the flooding is now over, walkways have been left covered in mud and plant waste. Boat operators and food stalls in the area say they fear it will be at least two weeks before they can resume business. Since the invasion of Ukraine by Russia, the use of military drones in warfare has spurred worldwide interest. Taiwan has its own indigenous military drone, the Albatross, also known as the Zhongxiang-2. The ROC Navy has more than 30 of the drones in use and employs them to carry out surveillance and reconnaissance of Taiwanese waters. We got to meet some Albatross pilots to learn more about this linchpin of Taiwan's naval protection net. Naval officers bring the Albatross gradually up from the tarmac into the air. Once the drone reaches a certain height, a ground operator takes over the controls. Images are transmitted by laser and come out crystal clear. 
They have optical lens assemblies that can magnify by 20 and 30 times with a continuous focus of 12.5 times, as well as a black and white heat imaging function. The laser detector measures the drone's distance to its target. The Arbatross drone beside me has been in service for many years and has become one of the key tools currently used for surveillance and reconnaissance. This August, it played an important reconnaissance role as China was conducting military drills around Taiwan. The Albatross measures 8.7 metres across and is 5.3 metres long. It can fly up to 12 hours in the air. The medium-sized drone was developed and built in Taiwan. The drones were transferred from the Army to the Navy in 2017 and are stationed at bases including Pingtung, Hanjung and Taidong. The Navy has more than 30 albatrosses in service and with China's aggressive posturing growing more frequent in recent years, the albatross has become a favoured tool able to undertake long surveillance flights without consuming excessive resources. Since Russia's invasion of Ukraine, we have gradually started to see the usage of drones on the battlefield. Recently, when the CCP held its military drills in August, we were commanded to carry out our duties in a specific maritime zone. We set up our equipment every day, takeoff and landing, carrying out targeted surveillance of the designated zone. Every movement of China's warships near Taiwan is closely monitored by Taiwan's Navy. But to operate a device like this, officers have to pass a series of exacting tests. Naval officers first undergo basic takeoff and landing training with this lifelike simulation for three months. Next, they study modules such as battle manoeuvres and handling emergencies. It takes on average a year of training to become a drone pilot charged with guarding Taiwan's coasts. The Taiwan State Building Party on Monday gave details for a parade it has organized for October 23rd to show its opposition to unification with China. The parade is scheduled for one day after the closure of the 20th National Congress of the Chinese Communist Party, where Chinese leader Xi Jinping is expected to be granted a third term. The Taiwan State Building Party called supporters to attend the rally and to not vote for candidates from pro-China parties in the upcoming local elections. Councilor candidates from the Taiwan State Building Party stand in line and chant slogans. Chinese leader Xi Jinping is set to get a third term leading China. In Taiwan, the Taiwan State Building Party wants to raise awareness about what that could mean for Taiwan. After the 20th Chinese Communist Party Congress, the Taiwan Strait will be in a situation of unprecedented danger. So we have decided that the day after the Congress ends, on October 23rd, we will hold a parade. It'll show Taiwan's vanguard, a march to protect Taiwan. We want to make it known that Taiwan stands together and that we are resolved to fight off China and protect Taiwan. I would like to ask all our supporters to not give a single vote to the mayoral and councillor candidates from the Taiwan People's Party or the KMT. That's the only way to effectively show them that surrendering Taiwan has no market in this country. The councillor directed words at the pro-China parties in Taiwan. Chinese leader Xi has often discussed plans to annex Taiwan, engaging in armed conflict if necessary. 
Despite this, the KMT confirmed that it had sent a congratulatory message to China on the occasion of the CCP Congress. The message has been used in Chinese state media as proof that political parties in the quote, Taiwan area support closer cross-strait ties. The Chinese Nationalist Party Central Committee on Sunday sent a congratulatory message to the Chinese Communist Party Central Committee, voicing hope that, on the foundation of the 1992 consensus and opposition to Taiwan independence, the two sides of the strait will have substantial exchanges and cooperation on all fields. Despite the fact that Xi has advocated for armed conflict against Taiwan, the KMT still bends at the knee for them and sends over a congratulatory message. They do that instead of protesting China and voicing disapproval of its stance. I think this is a shameful moment that will be forever part of the KMT's history. Analysts have also closely followed Xi's words on Taiwan at the CCP Congress. He spoke for two hours, yet made no mention of one country, two systems. He has said he wants to solve the Taiwan issue, but he didn't put forward any concrete plans. Instead, he just spoke all these empty words. So we didn't really see anything of substance in that. To a certain extent, Xi Jinping is just pursuing an ostrich policy. Xi Jinping says China will never renounce the use of force against Taiwan. That's nothing special. They've been saying the same thing for decades. But a point that he stressed was that the conflict won't be against Taiwanese compatriots, but against external forces that intervene. China is facing international pressure as it grapples with a worsening COVID outbreak and an increasingly problematic economy. The world is watching as she prepares for a third term.